Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 104. It's the Blacklash episode, plus we're looking ahead to Japan to see if England can continue their form. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, uh, welcome back after a pretty special weekend of rugby uh, for England fans, even though we didn't get the result we hoped for. Um, yeah, the future is certainly brighter and I'm here to discuss it with Dan as usual. Hi mate. Hi buddy. Uh, yeah, feeling positive I think. Yeah, um, I, I don't think you can look at it any other way. You know, It was, uh, it was uh, given that New Zealand are the best team in the world, expectations were that England were going to get absolutely thumped um, and... You know, we'll discuss it, but obviously, ultimately, they lost because they they let the game go. They you know they failed to to win it rather than rather than you know sc- scratching for something from the game. It was it was England's to win, and uh, they had every opportunity to to beat the best team in the world. And unfortunately, they didn't quite manage to do it. Um, and opinions on why will vary. But um, so, it's... quick, quick, quick question for you, mate. Should we be worried about our game management? Uh, I think that's a bit too too much of a sweeping statement. I think there are definitely aspects, and ele- definitely elements of it that uh, that need work. Um, but I think with all of these sorts of questions, you know, you're trying to you're trying to discuss um, what's going on inside the players' minds, and we're making the assumption that somehow they weren't prepared for certain decisions. And I'm assuming that we're talking about the not taking three points when they were on offer question, which is always going to come up uh, when that scenario kind of... So so, so that, it's a sort of lack of setting for a drop goal at the end. So another quick question for you then. In my opinion, the best ever England rugby team was the 2003 vintage. Right. If that was them and Jono was on the pitch there... Do you think he's taking the three points? Uh, almost certainly, because that, I agree. Because, because that's that was something that was instilled in them. But I also think Johnny probably would have slotted three or four drop goals throughout the, the eighty minutes too, because that's the way that he used to play. Um, yep. You know, it was almost like if the three points are on, I'll take them. Otherwise, I'll look at what else is available. As opposed to when nothing else is available, I'll look to see if three points are on. Um, and you know, it clearly proved to be a pretty useful tactic uh, for him and for the 2003 vintage, but the game's moved on. Um, we, we don't have Johnny anymore. We don't have Jono at the helm. Um, do I think there's a lack of game management? I, I think it's important to point out for anyone that, that either hasn't seen it or didn't notice that you know, Owen Farrell didn't just go, no, we're going for the corner, you know, hothead and all the rest of it. He went and had a quite a, quite a lengthy chat given the circumstances with Mara Toje and they decided to go for the corner. Um, yeah. So there was... You know, it wasn't a sort of a. It was a considered decision, and it didn't pay off. Uh, perhaps England felt at that point in the game, uh, especially if you think about it, given the try that they did score at the other end. Um, they've obviously they obviously I, felt they had what it took, and unfortunately, it didn't pan out. Which is, which is always the danger with those decisions. Yeah, I I think the thing for me that I found a little disappointing, and I'm, I'm not trying to be negative because actually, I I think they had a great game, was the first kick I kind of got. It was right in the corner. It's not a guaranteed three points because it's not Johnny kicking. So 
I kind of got it. But the second one, when you're infield another 15 metres, the first line out hasn't worked. I was, in my head, I was amazed they didn't take the three points in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, it's it's one of those scenarios that will forever be, um, you know, you'll be crucified for making the call when it doesn't work and praised for making it when it does work. Uh, unfortunately, that's the nature of the game. And obviously, us as fans, yeah, we kind of, it's our prerogative to, um, to, 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 to abuse the players that make these calls when it doesn't work out. I'm less concerned about that, actually. Um, I think there's time to decide if they're going to change their game plan. I think looking at the, the drop goal, I don't think it was a lack of wanting to get the drop goal. Perhaps the entire team, maybe there needs to be more of a sort of, you know, awareness throughout the team. Uh, I have no doubt that both Owen Farrell and George Ford, in fact, I think it, the commentators mentioned it. They were both back in the pocket. They were both ready. Um, so, uh, yeah, they yeah. probably need... It's, it's, I, I think they need to work on the build-up for that as much as anything. I, I don't, I'm certainly not looking to blame any no. individual. And I think, let's you know, Johnny Wilkinson is involved with this England team. Um, you know, and if that was something that he constantly did, I have no doubt that he will have shared that opinion and that that kind of experience with the team um you know maybe what they need to take from this is it's particularly in a world cup where it's knockout and every point counts um you know maybe we need to be a bit more aware uh than, than perhaps we have been not you know I, as i say the game's moved on and i think it's it's rare for any team uh to to sit there and just thump drop goals through like johnny used to do uh, and bowden barrett playing in his 70th cap, hit his first drop goal for New Zealand in that same game. So, so um, you know, and, and let's not forget that Owen Farrell did kick a drop goal earlier on in the game. So it's not like it's something that he wasn't thinking about. Um, but yeah, they just, maybe, maybe they just, I don't think it's something to be concerned about, but I do think it's one of the things they'll take away from the game as a work on. Um, and I think the important thing is that that, that performance shows that we're not a million miles away and it's it puts us right back where we wanted to be which is a year out from a world cup or just under a year out from a world cup with you know some clear things to work on rather than going what the hell's going on where are we where are we going we don't even know our team um so on that basis i'm i'm a lot more positive uh, and this is what yeah, we've well, always yeah. called for well yeah exactly we're, we're picking we're trying to pick holes find minor holes to say we should have won. You know, this is not the worst place to be. Um, I think my last sort of slightly negative point that was a slight concern for me is we didn't score any more points after 20-odd minutes. No. Um, and and that's that's a bit of a worry. But also, like, to move on to the positive, we have found a world-class seven. <laughs> we have. Well, so I read an interesting article from uh, Jerry Guskett talking about Sam Underhill. In which he said the problem, the problem that England faces with the Sam Underhill versus Tom Curry debate is that the way that the, that the game is played now, making <laughs> tackles is great, but it's not game changing in the same way that turnovers are. And so when you have a Sam Underhill that's that's going in and chopping people down left, right, and centre and making you know record numbers of tackles. That's all, you know, around the ankles and everything else. That's all well and good. But unless he can get in there and steal the ball, and it's not that he can't, but the problem is he's always at the bottom of the rut because he's the one that made the tackle. 
You still need but someone. But surely that's up to the the rest of the team to complement that. Well, absolutely, uh, absolutely, it is. But but you know, you're. I guess what he's saying is that in in a Tom Curry, you've got someone who's going to go in and steal the ball. Yeah. And so it's not quite as clear cut as going Sam Underhill. Wow, look at all those tackles he made. He's our man. You've still got to be give kind of serious consideration to the fact that you know is he. Do do we need someone in that position who's going to be turning the ball over? Because if you can turn the ball over and you can, and in in the process slow down the opposition, then you create far more problems than if you simply stop them. On you know, uh, yeah. do you know what I mean? So so I don't you know yes yes I think you know great performance and I'm looking forward to seeing where where this England team goes and I think it's brilliant to have him there. Um, and I'm not saying that he's not the guy for me. Um, but I don't think it's as clear-cut as, what a great game, he's our man. Um, I think there's still more to look at. And maybe it's something that he needs to work on in his game. Although I don't think it's a lack of something he has. I think it's just, you know, if you're going to make all the tackles, you're going to be at the bottom of the ruck. Yeah, sure. Um, so, who, um, yeah. who would you start uh, if both are fit? I mean, I don't. That this is the thing. I don't know. I don't have a... Right now, I don't have a strong opinion on one or the other I think you know he I, I I'm like you I think Underhill was awesome I want to see more of him in in the white shirt um I'm just yeah playing devil's advocate I'm saying uh it's difficult to know I, I think this is a lot where it comes you know game management in terms of picking your side in terms of who who are we playing against you know what's going to be more valuable against the team that we're going up against is it going to be stopping them getting them on the deck or is it going to be you know, ferreting around and, and slowing the ball down and getting hands on it and, you know, turning the ball over. Um, I think if you've got, I think, I think if, I think if you can replace the turnover side of what he as a number seven should be doing with, you know, like the likes of Mauro Toje and, and your other back row players, then I think 100% Underhill probably is the, 100% probably, I think Underhill is the man. Um, but I think if, Given how good Tom Curry is at getting in there and turning the ball over and caught, making a nuisance of himself, I think it's hard to overlook him. Maybe Underhill's a six. No, he's a seven out and out, I think. Maybe Tom Curry's a six. I, I think that could be more, but um, Wilson, I think, is also going to put up a bit of a shout for that one. Yeah. It's, yeah. The good news is, what's good, and like half messing about, half serious, but... The breakdown, which, yeah, we can say, like the turnover ball. John Mitchell, defence coach, he's renowned for his breakdown work. So that's in good hands. Yeah. I, I'm i not saying that I'm his biggest fan, but I'm not anti him either. Uh, the drop goal stuff is with Sir Johnny. So basically, that's already sorted out. Golden hands. And they'll be using uh, his call. Do you remember the call that he used to win the World Cup? I do not. What was it? Fanny flaps. Really? Allegedly so. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that um, means but, give me the ball, I'm going to kick a drop goal to win the World Cup. That Yeah, that means time to be awesome. <laughs> well, that, that is awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, look, let's, let, you know, let's, we did, we went over a lot of this stuff after the game. Um, yeah. I think, I think you know, it's a, it's a real positive. They're going to be on a high. Uh, it's it's a very different prospect the next game. Um, 
and and you know we we talked a little bit about what expectations we had for that game and and I and I posed a couple of scenarios to you and it looks like he's gone with actually it looks like he's gone with what we both said we'd like to see which is a a combination of new and old um yeah. so we'll come on to that but just before we do we have had a couple of uh, new reviews um well uh what have we had I, uh, I don't think I've read this one out this is from Chosebar uh, he says, as simple as brilliant fan banter between two lads, five stars. Banter, insight, informative, balanced and different to the rest. Dan and Andy bounce off one another like the oval-shaped ball of, off the pitch from a kick from the back of the field. If there's one podcast to subscribe to, it's this. Thanks, lads. Keep up the good work. It just about gets me to work and back in length. So, what a legend. <laughs> nice, nice work from you there. And then uh, from... Alpal63, he gives us four stars, which is still good. Um, he's a solid pod. Been listening for a few months and a solid rugby podcast if you're an England fan. However, the recent trend of releasing pre-match and half-time thoughts after the game is finished is baffling. Completely pointless listening to 30-plus minutes of predictions once you already know the result. And I wanted to just respond to that and say, fair enough, because reading what you're saying... It makes total sense. I understand that. Actually, the reason we did this was because we wanted to do something. One, we wanted to do something a little bit different. No one else is doing it. And it was more about kind of giving people, rather than just having the same chat that everyone else is having after the game, because we're going to do that. that. That's kind of the last section. We wanted people to be able to listen back and go, it'll be really interesting to see what they thought before the match and what do they think at half time, And then... So, you know, there, there, there was method in our madness. You know, I do understand that it's a bit weird to discuss a game before it happens, after it's already happened and we know the result. Um, but we're not clever enough to do live episodes just yet. Um, and, and, yeah, we thought it, it offered something a little a little bit quirky, a little bit different, and something you're not getting el- anywhere else. So that's kind of the reasoning behind doing it. Uh, we quite like it. We do get quite a lot of positive feedback from it. Uh, but obviously, if if most of you are in agreement with uh, Alpal sixty three, let us know because um, it requires a lot more effort from our side. So if people don't want to hear it, if they'd rather we just discuss the game post match, let us know because it's certainly easier for us. Andy literally has to send a bodyguard to me to make sure I'm not drunk. So it would make his life a lot easier. As, as you all um, tend to hear, it doesn't work. <laughs> it's uh, do you know what? It is a fair point, but. Uh, the reason, and this is just my own personal opinion, the reason I like it, because uh, I listened to one the other day, is it, it kind of takes me back through the match. Um, when you listen, I appreciate that you're listening afterwards and you're hearing predictions, but it kind of takes me back and helps me remember the match. But as I only said, um, you know, please let us know. And I, I think that's a completely fair, yeah, yeah, fair I, comment. Absolutely. Um, I, yeah, I, I like it because... I quite like it when games change. So, you know, we'll be talking, you know, we always, we're always positive before a match. We'll have a shocking first half and we'll come in saying, you know, oh, it's disastrous what's going on. You know, I'm pretty worried. And then we'll have an amazing second half and we'll be yeah, bouncing off the walls. Or, or, you know, as often happened in South Africa during the summer tour, you know, we have this incredible first half and we're coming in at halftime going, we've got this, we're going to smash them. It's all over. You know, England are awesome. And then we come in at the full time and it's like, oh, What's happened? It is. It's a good way to show us as dickheads, isn't it? When I'm like, oh, Wilson's all right. Well, exactly. If we just covered post-match, we wouldn't have that. 
we'd briefly say, yeah, they look so good in the first half, but what's, you know, there's no point being good in the first half when you're going to be shit in the second half. And it, that would be the, you know, it, it, I don't know. I, I feel like it wouldn't have the same impact. It's why we do it. Um, but yeah, guys, let us know because if, if you all think it's a load of rubbish, um, we'll change it. It's not a problem. Um, anyway, let's move on to uh, Saturday's game. As, thanks for the review. Al, yeah. Was it Alpal? Alpal yeah, 63. Yeah, we appreciate it. Um, so as I've mentioned on, on, I think, the last episode, uh, I'm away for a couple of weeks. I'm in the States. Uh, I am trying to find a way to watch the game. I've had a few bits of a few recommendations from you guys on Twitter and Facebook, which I really appreciate. Um, Don, Ar- no, Don, Don Armand, Don, I can't remember his surname, who's one of our Facebook followers. Uh, he's actually out in New Orleans, which is where I'm going to be. He's invited me for a beer. So I might, you know, he mentioned it a few times. I may even be able to take him up on it now. Um, yeah, definitely get me. Does Whitey, you're staying with Whitey, right? Does he not have like a whole house of servants who can literally reenact the game or something? I mean, he might do, but uh, that's not really what I want. All right, well, you know, I, I won't help anymore. It's probably for the best. Uh, but for those of you that are helpful, um, yeah, appreciate the uh, the suggestions. If anyone else has a suggestion for an alternative to um, to downloading some you know, illegal download, uh, which may end up having to be the only option available, um, let me let me know. Um, ideally, I'd want to watch it on a TV right. screen. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll get to watch the match. I, but it doesn't look like uh, I'm going to be able to, we're going to be able to record one of our episodes that apparently no one likes anyway, um, because unfortunately, Dan, Dan is so, Dan's such a technophobe. I mean, he, he still thinks Twitter's called Twitterbox and uh, Facebook is Face Party. Um, things have moved on, my friend. Uh, so yeah, so so these recording with me, and unfortunately, I'm not going to have all the kit and stuff with me. So we will. What we'll look to do is a big kind of roundup of the last two games because I'm away for both of them. Annoyingly, uh, we get back on Tuesday, I think, after the Australia game. So we'll do a big roundup uh, post those two matches. But uh, if I can find a way around that, we will get something out to you. Uh, but anyway, we will be doing our best to watch it or listen to it and. Um, so let's talk about England against Japan. We discussed um, a few episodes ago, do we want to see England playing a full-strength side, like Clive Woodward said he wanted to see? Do we want to see them putting out a, a kind of a completely new side and trying out all these new players um, against, you know, effectively a, a, a second-tier... Well, they are effectively a second-tier nation, although given how they performed in the World Cup last time round... Um, Mate, do you, do you mind? Um, sorry to do this. I have had a look, but do you mind uh, reading out the team again for me? I've been uh, busier than a chicken farmer for the Colonel today, so I have had a look. But I just, if you wouldn't mind refreshing, it's, it's not a problem. Um, so let's have a look. Where are we? About to start reading you an article. You don't want to read. You don't want to hear me read an article. You want to hear the team. Um, so. Yeah, it's kind of half and half. I mean, there's 11 personnel changes um, in total, but he's kept in some some of the bigger names. So we've got Danny Kerr starting. Um, okay. George Ford at 10, isn't it? George Ford at 10 and captain. Okay. Although Dylan Hartley and Owen Farrell are both on the bench, which I'm glad because I think that's two key players that some of the new guys are going to get the opportunity to uh, to play with. Um I'm looking at this, and this is not a particularly helpful way for me to read it out. You've put me on the spot, and I haven't got the right section of the page. Here we go. So, 
in the backs, you've got Daly, you're starting, you've got Daly, uh, you've got Kokonasiga getting his first start for England, uh, Jack Null, Alex Lazowski's back from his ban, Chris Ashton. The other, week, yeah, the other week, someone said about Lazowski, and I was like, no, he's still banned for the Japan match. Good knowledge there, dickhead. Yeah, ironically, uh, he has also reminded us of that on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I apologise to whoever that was. I was wrong. I'll, I'll look it up in a moment. But yeah, Ashton, Ford captain, Care, and then you've got Hepburn, George Williams up front with Ewells and Atoje, and then Laws, Wilson and Mercer. So I think still a pretty strong-looking side. A few key names missing, obviously, in the likes of Farrell. Um, but then on the bench, you've got Hartley, Moon, Sinclair, um, which is a strong, a strong replacement front row. Hill... Underhill, obviously we've talked about Sam Underhill and uh, the strength that he'll be bringing. And then Wigglesworth gets another crack at the at an England shirt from the bench with Farrell and Slade also there. So lots of changes, but also some key players still in there, which is exactly what we wanted to see. Because uh, I think it's important that if they're, you know, these games are about identifying if any of these guys have a genuine shot at being part of the England squad. And I think... I think it- uh, you know, absolutely, and I, and I think what's what's particularly telling is that the players that are in, you know, the ones that haven't been temporarily dropped, um, are they the ones that Eddie Jones looks at as his inked in names on the team sheet? Um, no, I don't think so. So I think it's about trying to find a balance, trying to complement each other's skills. Like he he still wants to win this. Like Japan, you know, Japan's close to his heart, and then. As we've said a few times, when something's sort of close, you want to put an effort. I think he's just. I think it's just about having a balanced side. Good, good, uh, good debate. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Um, it's so I'm looking forward to seeing Cockney Singer mm-hmm. or Cockney Singer. Um, Ashton, I'm glad to get more game time. I'm glad Daly stays at full back as much game time as possible. Lazowski, I think Henry Slade's had a good. Autumn series so far. Lazowski, it's his mm. turn to put his shout. Um, I'm surprised Marrow's playing. But this is what I'm saying. Is this because he's thinking, you know? It, so what I'm saying is that the the kind of the, the the guys that were involved in the New Zealand game that are involved in this one are they Eddie's go tos? Toje, potentially Courtney Laws, uh, you know, Sinclair, Hartley, Farrell, Slade, even. You know, and no, so he's kind of got them there or thereabouts. You're missing the likes of May. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that the ones that aren't there are potentially not. I'm not saying that he's basically dropped the ones that he thinks he's are replaceable. It doesn't matter. You're not getting what I'm saying. Uh, let's, I, let's, I, think I, I think I am, but I, I don't. I, I don't think there's anything to read into it. Fine. So, okay, so you, you talk, talk to our listeners, Dan, about this team and, and why it's been selected. So I, I think the team is selected. There's a few players he wants to try out. And I think it's about having a balanced team and giving them the opportunity to show to show their skills. Um, now at 13 will be quite interesting. Um, He's like, uh, whether that... Um, oh, see so what you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because he'll be he'll be playing um, thirteen. So does he ever play I, at thirteen? He he has done before. He did for the Lions, but that's the thing. I wonder whether that would is genuinely something 
Eddie's considering. Mm. Um, because obviously you've got Ashton on one wing, Connor on the other, and Daly at fullback. So you've got Lazowski and Now, who, in theory, I actually think complement each other really well. Um, but is it? I just I question whether there's enough time for Now to be a genuine World Cup thirteen come quarterfinal, semi-final, final time. Yeah, I'm. I'm not seeing it. Uh, I. I guess. May, yeah, maybe this is about saying you know what can some of the, the the existing guys do if he needs to switch things up a bit. You know, is Jack Nowell a possible? I don't think he'll ever look at Jack Nowell to start in the thirteen shirt, but could he be moved there if he needed to shift things around? Maybe that's what he's looking at here. Um, because yeah, I don't think that Jack Nowell is is England's answer to the thirteen shirt at all, but. You know, if if needs must, can he can he fill in? You know, whereas I do think he's an important part of the England setup for sure. You know, but maybe yeah, maybe he's looking at him more as a sort of utility back. You know, we've and, seen him on the wing, we've seen him at fullback. Can he also cover the centres? Yeah, and the the other thing that's I'm a little bit sort of irked is probably too strong, and that's not even particularly the strongest word. But uh, Courtney Laws in the back row, I. I think if you call up someone like Ben Morgan, why not give him a run out um, or just use a back row? I mean, I, I, I can't remember if you're the same, but I am not a fan of second row playing back row. I don't I, think... I, I agree. I agree. Although Courtney Laws has been playing back row all season, I think. Yeah, for, for Northampton, but I think at international level... But I what I'm saying is, if he's playing it for, for Northampton, then does that mean actually he's a flanker first? who can play second row rather than a second row who can play flanker. I, I, I think it's fitting in for Northampton's needs. So I'm basing this upon a uh, interview I saw with Lewis Moody and him just saying that at club level is one thing, but at international level, you get found out um, or it's a lot easier to get found out. But, but Laws has Laws, Laws packed down at, at, you know, in the back row against New Zealand and when he came on in those you know that early stage when he was um, you know when when what's his face was off for an HIA he looked pretty useful I mean he came on for 10 minutes and I think made nine tackles and you know he had a real impact from the back row so I, I think with Courtney Laws he's a bit different because I, I actually quite like him in the back row as a general rule like when we've seen Otoje playing six I'm not a fan of it um, but I feel like with Courtney Laws he's such an aggressive player uh, he puts in massive hits. I think he, I yeah. think he works in the back row. Uh, you know, he is a ball carrier. He's becoming much more of a ball carrier. Um, and you've got Wilson and Mercer either side of him. I, I don't mind the look of that, to be honest. Um, whereas I think Morgan is an out-and-out out eight, but we want to see Mercer. He's getting the start. Um, yeah, and, and actually it could be... And we know be Wilson a, be a eight. Yeah, and it could be a similar scenario to what you were saying about uh, Jack Noah. It could be, you know... Let's just double check he can cover. So when you're yeah. looking at a bench, possibly, yeah, is, you've is, got somebody is Jack Nowell our, our back cover and Courtney Laws our forwards or our front our back five in the forwards cover? Um, and does that therefore give us a bit more flexibility in terms of what else we have on the bench, who else we have on the bench, rather than having to have a front row, a hooker, sorry, uh, a front row, a second row, a back row, you know, and having them all? It's like actually. We can be a bit more flexible and we can put players in that perhaps are the same, but they depending on 
how the game, how we need to adapt to the game, we've got options, um, which is never a bad position to be in. I, I yeah. don't, I don't dislike the look of it at all. I think it's a good side. Um, I, I quite like. There's a couple of names in there that you're thinking, okay, it'd be interesting to see what you know how they get on. Um, I think, yeah, it'll be, it'll be good. Um, I just hope I get to watch it. I'm sure you'll find a way, mate. There must be somewhere out there where you'll be able to watch it. Well, the trouble is, it's, check, about, it's about eight check, o'clock in the check, morning. Check. It's going to be at eight o'clock in the morning over there, and obviously in America, I doubt there are too many pubs that open up at eight o'clock to show the England rugby against Japan. Um, there's not a spoon. There's not. There's not a spoons. Um, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Um, so, I, yeah, if anyone's got any solutions, let me know as soon as possible. I've got a couple of ideas, so I will uh, have a crack. At possibly VPN, I think, is one of the better options. Basically, make make the internet think I'm in England, and that way I can watch it on my Sky Go. But um, I need to look into how that I works. Faith, I have every faith you will solve this dilemma. That is the plan. That is the plan. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a good game. I think England just need to press on. I think the key thing is a good performance again. Um, you know, no point going out there playing shit and scoring a load of points and then coming out going, yeah, we're amazing. You know, go out and put in a solid performance for 80 minutes, you know, taking your foot off the gas uh, and come away, you know, ready to take on Australia and make this a really successful, a really successful autumn campaign. Because I think if we can come away from this campaign, you know, 3-1, having you know, the one being a, a loss by one point, that's a hell of an autumn series considering what people were saying, you know, even as little as three weeks ago. It, it certainly puts us back on the radar, doesn't it? Um, mm. And it'll be really interesting to see, although you said last week, and I'm starting to think you might be right about New Zealand Island. Um, and you said, do you think New Zealand might just smash them? Yeah, I think they might. There's I'm so, so much chat that. about how, about how you know, England are going to get thumped by New Zealand and then and then Ireland are going to beat New Zealand. I I think that Ireland might be in for a rough ride. New Zealand are not. New Zealand don't tend. You know, when New Zealand lose, and you know, we're going to call we're going to call that a moral victory for England. When New Zealand lose, um, and I think that may even be the way that they look at it. It's very fortunate. Um, they tend not to let it go um, and they, they tend to make up for it pretty quickly so you know Ireland are getting them at a time that they don't really want to be getting them um, but we'll see and, you know obviously home nations I wish Ireland the best and I hope they can do them uh, obviously in some ways it's quite nice to be able to say we're the only team that came close but actually uh, you know it's northern hemisphere versus, versus southern hemisphere but I think you know without wanting to sound too much like I'm sitting on a fence I do want to see a good game first and foremost. Yeah, and I, I want Ireland to win. I definitely want Ireland to win. Um, and like you were saying, New Zealand could come out and could suddenly, there could be a blacklash. Um, and if that's the case, though, I think Ireland are too good a team to get smashed, but they could find themselves having a very tough day. Let's put it that way. Could be another corker. Oh, very good. I see what you've done there. You like that? Yeah, took, yeah. took you a little You're while. You doubling didn't get it first. Up <laughs> doubling up, exactly. Uh, shall we move this along? <laughs> I think we probably should. Uh, guys, 
as we always say, we really appreciate the support that you give us. Uh, keep listening. We're getting loads of uh, good comments from you guys. There is more on Twitter and Facebook, and I haven't read it out this week, um, but we will get back to it all uh, when things are a little less manic. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate you kind of tuning in every week and, and listening to what we have to say. And, and we're, we're really pleased that you also have your say and, and that you're, you're getting in touch more. Uh, so keep that coming. Um, as I say, we'll do our best to try and find something for you over the next couple of weeks, but uh, that it may prove difficult. So if that is the case, we will come back with a, a big episode um, after the Australia game to kind of round up these these two matches that are currently upcoming um, and uh, and get back into a bit of a format moving forwards. Um, so yeah, get in touch with us at England Rugby Pod on social media. Email us, uh, englandrugbypod at gmail.com. Get onto iTunes, rate us, review us, and obviously most importantly, keep listening.